Hi, everybody. I'm Brent Love, and this is HopeWorks, a podcast by Hope Surrogacy. In each episode of HopeWorks, we talk with a surrogate as she shares her surrogacy journey, her inspiration, meeting her intended parents, pregnancy, and birth. In this episode, I got to talk to Amanda. Amanda and I met at Hope Surrogacy's one-year anniversary party, and I was immediately taken by her kind demeanor and her sweet smile, and of course, our matching cat bags. So cute. I'm so excited for Amanda to have the chance to tell her story, but before we get started, I wanted to clear up a couple of things. So the kind of surrogacy that we're talking about, the most common type, is technically called gestational surrogacy, which means that the baby is not genetically linked to the surrogate. Um, The embryo that becomes the baby is created by a donor egg or the intended mother's egg and donor sperm or the intended father's sperm. Either way, the baby is not genetically linked to the woman that carries it. Surrogacy is so magical. It is also really, really complicated. You'll hear Amanda talking about embryos and transfers, medical appointments, contracts, all of this stuff that leads up to this magic moment when an embryo is transferred from a lab into a surrogate's uterus. You might not know a lot of what we're talking about. That's totally okay. Uh, We'll explain some of it, and there'll also be links in the show notes for where you can get more information. Amanda started her surrogacy journey years ago. Her first match with intended parents didn't work out, and since then she's been matched to five different couples. She gave birth to one beautiful baby via surrogacy, and she has really exciting news to share with us as we kick off the episode. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Britt. So, first things first, I think you have some big news and I'm really excited about it. Can we talk about it? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Congratulations, you're pregnant. Thank you. <laughs> Not that I'm giving you the news. <laughs> you gave me the news, but yeah. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Um, how, how do you feel? Um, hungry. Hungry. Yes. Um, how many pregnancies is this for you? Now? For me, this is my fourth. It's your fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you have two kids. Yeah, I do. Can you tell me about kind of the journey that you've been on as a surrogate? Uh, how how you met your first matches, how that went for you and how you got to number four. Yeah. Um, I've had quite a journey. Um, the first couple that I was matched with was not the first couple that I worked with. Um, we were matched with a couple and, um, we talk about it like it's a, a blind date, you know, like you're meeting these people and you want to do this intimate thing with them. And, um, very strange. And so we, um, we got done with it and we wanted to go out and have, um, a meal with them. So we go out and have a meal with them and the kids come along. Then we, at the, um, meeting with the kids, we figure out that the mom, intended mom and myself played in opposite, um, backyards as children, like her, her, oh my goodness. her family growing up lived right next to my aunt. And I went to my aunt's house every day after school when I was in kindergarten. So we played together oh my growing goodness. up. And I was just like chills and like, oh my gosh, this is meant to be. And so we, we left there and went home and it just went downhill from there. It was the husband was trying to get them to not use the agency oh, and wow. to have us work with them and 
not use Mary and the ladies. And my husband was like, are you nuts? Did you hear all that legal stuff they were talking about? We need their protection. What if this bill comes, you know, years later and you don't, you know, know how to deal with that legal stuff? And so my heart really wanted to stay with that connection that we found. And, but I, but my brain was like, you know, of course I have to listen to my husband because he's, he's found his role and this is my protector. So he made me realize, you know, you can't not use this agency. You don't know how to do this. So Mary had this emergency Skype meeting with us. was like, please (laughs) stay with us and, you know, let's find somebody else. And so then they found this, um, this couple who had been through the ringer with fertility. It's like they, they made the comment that they owned a whole wing in this fertility clinic. They'd been working at it so long. <laughs> so they were at the top of the list for an egg donor, and they were ready to go. And so we met with them, and um, and that was my first um, adventure when I actually had a baby. Um, we did one embryo transfer and got one baby. It worked right away. Um, and that was um, a couple that... Um, I, I didn't know until we actually had the baby in the hospital. Um, the, the moms, the, um, the intended mom's mom, so grandma, and my mother-in-law were sitting in the family room, and they were talking about whatever you would talk about. And What are those waiting room conversations <laughs> like? And they found out that her her fertility journey was even longer than they had told us. I mean, she couldn't even tell her own fertility journey in our match meeting because it was so heartbreaking. And so we learned that she had had a pregnancy when and she was in her 20s. And that she, at this point, she's in her 40s. You know, so I didn't know the extent. They couldn't even tell me. It was so heartbreaking. So that's just, like two that's two decades yeah yeah she had been through that much and this and this baby wasn't even hers it was like an adoption for her because they had to use an egg donor and so this it was hard because that because of that that mom just couldn't really bond with me because of all that heartbreak and it's hard for me to relate to because I, the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm fertile <laughs> I have never had a miscarriage so I I found that to be challenging because... So you I'm, found the, the not, relationship yeah, challenging. The relationship was... It It wasn't why I was doing it. So I guess it kept me focused on why I was doing it. That These people wanted a baby. They wanted a baby to love and I could give that to them. And that I've never been so proud of something in my whole life. I mean, that that pride was like the overarching feeling. When seriously comes up, a lot of people go right to, how could you give up the baby? How could you, you know, have a baby and how not get it attached to it? And it's like the the pride of being able to give that to somebody was so like, of course I'm going to give it to them. It's their baby. That was what I kept coming back to was um, proud, proud of it. after having that baby it was like I've never been so proud of anything in my whole life and then why wouldn't I do that again (laughs) 
I found being a surrogate because I was soul searching. I, I had done the major things in my life. I graduated college. I got married. I had my kids. And then I was like, okay, what do I do now? You know, I really wasn't career driven. I, so I looked back and I was like, what did I really do in my life that I really liked before and enjoyed and was good at? And I kept coming back to being pregnant. I loved being pregnant. And I had an experience where my brother, his wife, um, had their first. And um, she had an experience where her placenta didn't fully develop. And she, she had the baby um, a couple months early, but it was more like three months early because the placenta didn't fully develop. And I was like, you know what? All my babies were full term, really super healthy. You know, if they need me, I would do that for them. And they went ahead and had another and didn't have the same problem. But I loved that feeling of wanting to do that for her, but they didn't need me. But then I was like, if I would do that for my sister-in-law, why wouldn't I do that for somebody else? And when I went there, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I do that for somebody else? So it was loving that, that giving feeling of, I could do that for you. Why wouldn't I do that for you? And it's gotten more spiritual for me over the years. It's kind of like in church when they say, everybody is your brother and your sister. It goes back to what I was saying. I would do that for my brother. Why? <laughs> You're my brother. Why wouldn't I do that for you? You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know I'm coming from, from the, to the story as an intended parent having gone through my own surrogacy journey. And so that kind of thing just really hits me because I am in a couple that it, I, where we can't carry our own children. And right. without surrogacy, we wouldn't have our six-month-old daughter. And to hear someone say, um, you're my brother. Why wouldn't I do this for you? Yeah. Um, is a particular kind of generosity that really gets me. <laughs> um, well, there's so much bad in this world. Why not do something good? This is like, yeah. this is though, this is like a, like a, a Himalaya mountain climbing kind of good. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, yeah. it's not like you're, um, you know, taking a donation somewhere on a weekend. <laughs> this is like, this is quite a huge, um, journey of generosity. Yeah. But I mean, I can do everything in my life while I'm doing this. I mean, I can love on my own kids while I'm carrying this baby. It It's such a little inconvenience and such a huge reward. It's just totally worth it. Tissues. I should have more tissues on this table. Um, I should have tissues for myself. I'm a crier. Why didn't I not think of that? Um, you talked about... The, your first surrogate delivery, which was three years ago, the summer. Um, when did you feel the sense of pride you were talking about? Do you remember the moment where you felt that really strongly? It was probably in the days after. Um, I had a lot of people worried about me. I tend to be a pretty sensitive person. And I had my, my doctor and my pastor were worried about the separation because they knew, you know, I'm not getting able to keep this baby, you know, they, that they're all worried that, you know, Amanda's going to get sad, you know, let's watch, make sure she's going to be okay. And, um, 
I don't remember who it was, if it was my doctor or my um, pastors, they said, um, they can't, you, this is something you did and they can't take away that, they can't take that away from you. You did this. And it, so simple, but it was like, and it kind of summed up that pride. It was like, yeah, it's, it's part, it's part of me. I, something that I did, it's part of me. Like the baby you handed over, mm-hmm. but you didn't hand over the that, that, the thing that the you act. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask what that first delivery was like for you? And I'm, you don't have to share every um, sure. detail of it, but um, what what do you remember from that? Like, what were the like yeah. most significant I mean, parts? Of I it? don't I don't do this because I have easy deliveries. I do it because I have really healthy pregnancies. Um, all of my births have been vaginal, um, so it's not pretty. Um, I invited them to, you know, be in the room and they were comfortable enough to be in the room. Um, the the mother cut the cord. So they were there, you know, to cut the cord. And um, our hospital was nice enough and they weren't busy enough where they could uh, give the couple um, another room. So they were able to have their own room um, where the baby could come to them after the baby was born. So um, it was different for me because... Um, like I got to watch them, like they would bring the baby to my room and then like the nurse was showing them all that first baby stuff, like how to do, take care of them and bathe them. And like, it was like, oh, I've done that before with my own. Isn't that sweet that they have to learn that? (laughs) It was, it was, and it wasn't jealous. It was like, oh, isn't that great that I could give this to them now they're having this you know first baby moment and she's taking notes and what was it like when you were doing that for the first time for your kids do you do you remember that part overwhelming <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> yeah it's like i i remember keeping a notebook of my daughter and when she pooped and when she nursed and i'm like <laughs> uh, for weeks okay we totally did that actually <laughs> yeah. my husband and i yeah. totally did that yeah, yeah. <laughs> my second i didn't do anything near that but i was like I was so worried about every little thing. And um, now that was their, it was their turn to do that. You know, I'd been there. I had these two healthy babies at home that I could go and cuddle. You know, they weren't babies at that point anymore. But, um, you know, I, I have a boy and a girl. And I talked my husband into having one. <laughs> so I got two. <laughs> so we're, he's totally done. And so he loves it that I have found this to keep me happy where I'm not tricking him into having more of our own because we're totally happy with our family um, the way it is. And this this satisfies me. Um, and it's it's so satisfying um, to be able to do this for somebody. So uh, we're jumping all over the time map now, yeah. which is totally fine with me. Um, now you're pregnant. So how did you get from the first delivery into like further match meetings and another pregnancy? What sure. was that journey? Um, about six months after my first surrogate baby, um, I was like, you know, I need to do this again. (laughs) I, I, you know, healthy, you know, still, um, wanting to do it in, um, was it that pride that was motivating? I would not, yeah, that, that, that sense of, uh, accomplishment isn't, I'm still young. It was like, it was like, why not? do this while I can. Nobody's getting any younger. Let's, I spent six months. That was kind of what my doctor wanted me to wait after a baby. Um, so I, I went back to the couple and was like, 
know, you said we talk about a sibling project. I just t- want to check with you. You know, do you want to? I'm ready. And they weren't. They were overwhelmed with their one yet. And so I, they said, can go back to the agency? I did. Um, so they had another match for me. We met with a um, Asian couple and they had already, they had worked with the same fertility clinic. So that was kind of a comfort for me um, to keep that the same. And they had a two-year-old daughter that they had had with fertility. So what had happened with them was the mom had um, really high blood pressure when she was pregnant and her doctor told her, you can't do that again. You should try um, a surrogate. So this fertility clinic knew of the agency, so that's how they found us. Well, um, it was fun because the kids could play when we met. So they played with my kids. And um, so we worked with that couple and they had one embryo that was frozen. And they had gone so far as to test it, that it was genetically good and that it was a boy. So I'm like, great, this is wonderful. Let's, so I get up all on my meds and get ready. And they have us stay at their house the day of the embryo transfer because they live in the same town as their clinic. And the guys go and take the kids off to the zoo for the day. And the mom and I are in the house and they get a call from the clinic that the embryo didn't come out of the freezer. Don't even bother to come to the clinic. And so we bawled in each other's arms because we were so reassured from the testing. And so I I never even got that embryo. So that was like a miscarriage because we were so sad. So I was like, let's, we need to go and find our family. You have a beautiful child, let's go be with them. So we bawled through the zoo, <laughs> their kids. And we um, got through that and she decided let's try to do a fresh egg retrieval. So she tried to do a fresh egg retrieval and she tried to get her follicles to develop more eggs and it just didn't work. And so I went through another cycle being being ready for a, a transfer while she was ready for an egg retrieval and it just wouldn't work. And that was all, another thing that was really um, trying on my... my um, my faith because she it was it was really bonding I mean we had we were crying on each other's shoulders you know that was it was an experience that um didn't end in a child but I think it made us really grateful for the children that we did already have um but it was so not easy so are you still in touch with this couple that the surrogacy journey ended um, with them. Are you still in touch with them? I have not continued to stay in touch with them. I, I sent them a Christmas card. Oh. I don't hear from them. But it's a, it sounds to me like that experience is in a way as important to your surrogacy journey as, totally. as a successful pregnancy. Totally. I mean, I think I grew more in that than in birthing a child. I mean, growing as a person and what I had to help her grieve, you know, not having been through um, a miscarriage myself, that's the closest I think I 
have felt and not having had that embryo. Um, but just, we were so reassured that it was real because of the testing and I was there and all hyped up on the meds. And I mean, that's, makes it more real for me, I guess, and makes my whole emotional experience more rounded when I've had all, I mean, that's as close to a true loss as I, I have gotten in my fertility experience. Um, makes me maybe understand more of what that, that mom that I did have the baby for have, had felt in her, her trials, in her earlier experiences. So you moved on. It's amazing to me that even though you didn't carry a child for them, you were still so much a part of their family journey. Yeah. Like, I mean, for that time. And they were so open to us being part of their family. I mean, they took us to um, family style Chinese restaurants together and we all ate around this big um, Lazy Susan table and you know, welcomed us into their home. And it, we, we were so ready to be there for them. Um, and it just wasn't meant to be. So you have this um, relationship. You've delivered a surrogate baby, came away feeling energized and proud and like on in a place where your soul was like ready to do this. Yeah. Um, you go through what is a more difficult journey and you still want to do it. Mm-hmm. You still want to keep going. Yeah, but I, I, I think I took at least another six months and was like, you know, I just need to breathe because there was, there was, um, two cycles. I went through the hormones. You just want to let your body just (laughs) get back to some sort of normal. For people who don't know, what are you talking about when it talks about, when when you're talking about hormones and all of that? Um, the hormones, it's a cycle of meds. So it's pills and shots that are getting my body ready to be pregnant. So it's, it's turning off my own ovaries and um, creating a lining in my uterus with hormones. So different clinics use different um, med cycles. Some do more pills, some do more shots, um, but it's a month and some weeks of um, beforehand. And then once you're pregnant, it goes, you know, about a month and a couple weeks. And you're working with your OB through going through these meds? Those meds are through the fertility clinic. How difficult is that process? <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, it's it's kind of like an extended period. <laughs> it's um, some of it. It's tricking your body into being pregnant. So some of it's like I get I get hungry. So it's like I feel like I'm pregnant even though I don't have the embryo yet. Um, and when you go off of it, it's like. Um, like bad PMS. <laughs> so like the just stopping and going off without a pregnancy is um, just, yeah, bad PMS is probably the best. And so you did that twice. Yeah. With, with this, um, this couple trying to help them. Yeah. So it was kind of a roller coaster hormonally, let alone emotionally. So you take six months. How did you know that you wanted to come back to it? It's that same, like, initial feeling of why I came to surrogacy. It was like, this is the most rewarding thing I could do with my life. I'm I'm going to keep doing it as long as they'll have me. 
is I can't think of anything more rewarding to do with my life. That's going to sound crazy to some <laughs> women. Men, mo, I, as a man, I will say I don't even comprehend pregnancy and like how, uh, what it's like, but a lot, I've talked to a lot of women having gone through the process now who say, Oh, I, you know, I delivered my own kids. I could never imagine doing that. Um, so when you hear someone say that, like what's, what is different about the way you feel? Um, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. It was so super easy for me to have my own kids. I just went off the pill said okay let's head, let's get pregnant and i was so i mean so super easy didn't have to do any of that you know meds fertility nothing just a piece of cake for me to get pregnant so and the way i got pregnant was natural <laughs> no um fertility at all so all of this is all this fertility that i'm learning is through the surrogacy process so it's so invasive. I mean, all the things that I have to do to my body to have somebody else's baby, it's so, like, there's no question, this is not my child. It was so, so different that way. And then, you know, I'm talking to my children about it so they understand, you know, this is not mom's egg. This is somebody else's egg. And it gets into my head, too. I'm trying to help them understand. And then, I'm, you know, all the conversations you have over the course of the nine months... And then um, something that I did to keep it different was um, I used a doula to birth. Like when I had my own children, I leaned on my husband. My husband was the hand that I squeezed when I was, you know, breathing through the contractions. And he was right there. Well, when I had the surrogacy baby, it didn't feel right to lean on him to do that, um, to have that baby. So I decided to have a doula. Um, help me birth. And that was such a good choice to do. I mean, I don't know where that decision came from, but it was it was such a great thing to do because it it didn't seem right. And my husband, he's very supportive of everything that I'm doing with this, but he totally understood, you know, yeah, that's makes sense. He was in the room. He didn't feel like he had much to do, but <laughs> um, that 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 helped as well. Um, and the doula that I had had also been a surrogate. <laughs> so she understood Amazing. where I was coming from. So you decided to get back into it after six months. Did you contact the agency again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every, it's so unique, the people that, that need their help. It was every time you think it's going to be all, oh, it's going to remind me of it's everybody is different. The, the next couple, that I worked with, um, they didn't have any children. Um, they weren't even married, heterosexual couple. Um, they met each other in college and then like grew apart and then found each other later in life. And we're like, Oh, you're still not married. Oh, you're not. And like decided to be with each other. And, um, she had contacted Mary and went through this very deliberate patient process of, creating some embryos and had them at the clinic and then they were ready for a surrogate. And then I came along and they were very, um, it's like everybody has their own like personality in their fertility and they were very, um, guarded, 
Okay. Like they, they wanted to know what the steps were and what the next step was they needed to take. And Mary told them what they should do and they were following that. And so then they found me and, um, what's, you know, it's not a, a very inexpensive thing to do. That's right. They were very conscious of what money this is real. It's, it's, it's around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were very conscious of how much this was costing. And so they were talking about it quite a bit. What is this going to cost us? And well, we, we got under legal contract and we started a cycle. And um, so we're, this is moving along nicely and we have a pretty decent relationship. We talk and we email and are you getting on meds at this point? Yes. Yes. So I'm on, they have embryos at a clinic. I'm on a cycle to have a transfer and they find out, um, they, I had been, I had been bothering them because, um, there was a question about my insurance and nobody had cleared it up. And so I kept saying, okay, we need to look into this insurance thing. Has anybody figured this out yet? And, but we were under legal contract. And so the, the lawyers finally figured out the week of the scheduled transfer and finally figured out that there was this loophole in my insurance that they were scared of. And because of this loophole in my insurance, they said, no, we need to stop this transfer. So for people who don't know about the whole surrogacy process and you like what, this was how ours went. And I'm curious if it's how mm-hmm. yours went. You, so you, you contact the agency and there's match meetings and things like that. But there's also lawyers who review um, insurance and help with the legal contract, which uh, is not only like great for the surrogate for the intended parents, but also helps as the further legal uh, things happen to the baby. Yeah. You know, like you have to have the these things signed when you get to the point of making a birth certificate and all those things because they help establish the uh, intended parentage. Mm-hmm. So that's all this pretty much the same kind of so thing. So they had let through. us be under legal contract with the question of my insurance not being cleared I up. See. And so I felt like the lawyers dropped the ball on that. Yeah. And I felt like <laughs> you need to take this risk. I think what Mary said was um, it was they were risk averse. It, this is not an easy thing. You're, 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 it's life and death. You don't know if the embryo is going to live or die. You don't, you don't know about these things. And insurance is not a set in stone rock. You know, yeah. they felt like there was an intentional loophole in our insurance wording and they were scared of it. And so we, we stopped and you know, we had to regroup. It sounds almost to me like, well, if these parents... Mm-hmm. Need if that was the trigger for them to pull back, yeah, it, as much as it was hard for you, there was some reason we weren't supposed to be matched yeah. together, yeah. And so that so it wasn't a good match. We we realized they were they were too leery of what my insurance was. They didn't want the expense of buying a supplemental policy. They said that wasn't a good match. Let's find you a different match. You know, the only thing that sounds hard about that to me is the journey that, I mean, it's, of course it's the journey that they go through is difficult, but also you're already on meds and we yes. already talked about like how yeah. difficult those meds are. Yeah. So that come down off of my roller coaster yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so that's your, it, that, that was be your third time going through the meds without 
no em- and no embryo. So wow. I still have a clean record of <laughs> if I get an embryo, I birth it all the way. So <laughs> I was, I mean, I had to, I had to have some consolation and, you know, totally. I'm still really good at this. <laughs> okay. So this is, okay. I'm trying to count. This is at this point, this is the fourth match that you've been through one, one out of four at this point, at the point of this mm-hmm. um, experience has resulted in a baby being born. So the fifth couple. Yeah. So by, by the fifth time I'm like, Mary, just give me who you think I'd be good with. I mean, I had grown so much at when I first approached them, I said, I need a heterosexual couple. I, that's what I'm comfortable with. And by this time I'm like, you know what? I completely trust you. Give me somebody who you think I'll be good with. Like, okay, we're going to give you these two guys from France. They have already had a son with a surrogate and their surrogate tried to have a baby for them three more times. And her doctor finally said, no, you can't do that anymore. So they'd been through the ringer. Um, I've been through the ringer. I felt like we could bond over our, our <laughs> struggles of trying to make this work. So I'm like, they'd, they'd had five match meetings. I've had five match meetings. You know, it's just, we'd, we'd been through it together. It seemed like they could relate to that journey. And, and matches, I mean, it's not like, um, it's not like Mary came to you and said, this is your couple. She gives you right. a lot of information for you to review yeah, and to you, consider. We get to see them on paper before we, we meet in person. So they see me in paper and they say, yeah, I think that would work. Give her our information. So then I get to see their information and say, hey, you know, and then ask questions too. Um, and they're basing that off of, those conversations on, you know, how many embryos would you want to transfer? How many babies would you want to carry? You know, all those things have to be compatible before they would even give each other our information. And, and even at the match meeting, it's not like you're locked in at that point. Right. You're not locked in until you're, you sign that legal contract. And that's, that was, I think a month, two months later. And you're really locked in when you're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, what about what about the couple drew you to them? Um, I really like the idea that they have a son. When our families get together, it can be about the kids. You know, I, my children are my life. Um, I just love the idea that when we get together, the kids can play. I mean, that's, that's what this is about, right, is having kids. Um, and also (laughs) my husband is really sassy and (laughs) one of the guys is of this new couple is, has a really good sense of humor. So it was, it was also that, that they had, Mary knows these guys from working with them for years. And so she was like, you know, the husbands would really get (laughs) along really well together. (laughs) How long ago did you meet them? Oh, when was that? It was earlier this year. No, not too long ago. Uh, so I'm texting and the question, we'd ask the question this way. So they're not from around here, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're from Paris, France. Wow. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's quite a stretch. Um, I mean, it's making the world a really small place, you know, 
I've I've never been to Paris, so I'm hoping someday I can go and visit them there. But um, they're planning on coming this summer to visit us and to visit their first surrogate too. Wow. Okay, so was that meeting different in any way that match meeting different than your other match meetings? It was a lot of it was, it could almost go unsaid. We had had so many match meetings that we just, we kind of kind of grazed over, you know, like kind of what I've talked about already today. Um, you know, that like, whole journey yeah. of matches and successes and failures and, and soul searching all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like they had been through that yes. kind of journey. Yeah, and they had, you know, they had tried to make that their first surrogate work for them to make their whole family, but that's wasn't going to work for them. Um, but they had embryos in the fertility clinic, so they didn't have to come back to the states again. Um, I just had to go to their clinic to get their embryo. Wow. Okay, so um, you're pregnant. I still like, can't <laughs> believe it. It's like the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, how far along are you? About eight weeks. Yeah, and we've already had a couple ultrasounds where we've seen the heart movement. And so, all the numbers are going well? Oh, totally. Yeah, they they love my numbers. And next weekend, they get to stop all my meds. Oh, <laughs> my so gosh. Happy. Congratulations. <laughs> I remember our surrogate stopping her meds. Oh. And we was like, if we could have popped champagne, you know, we would have. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course you can. <laughs> we have plans to go out to eat Red Lobster. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> They're going to come this summer. Yeah, right. usually uh, the ladies have told me with international... Um, surrogacies, they're going to come probably the month around the due date so that they're here for the birth and so they're here for their court date. Um, it's a little more complicated when they have to get all their legal you know, passport and all that in line. Um, so they'll, they'll plan on a longer stay around the due date. What's your communication with them? Has, yeah. How's it been? Um, we email a lot and um, we Skype at home. Um, they like to see my kids and... Um, you know, we can, they can see our house through the computer and, um, my daughter's played piano for them and <laughs> just, you know, they, they want to get to know us and see what our life is like. And it, Sunday afternoons have been working out pretty good. So Sunday afternoons usually are our normal time. But I said, well, I'm going to go visit the ladies at their open house next Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's today. So sorry yeah. guys, we're, uh, we're talking to Amanda now, so you'll have to talk to her later. Um, <laughs> So this whole journey has been like a soul journey for you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a very spiritual, um, something that's coming from your, your heart and, and this place that's really personal for you. So, so how is your soul now? It, I don't That's really deep. Brent. I know, but I'm like, well, how, yeah. like you're pregnant, fifth family, I, f- I feel really fulfilled and happy. Like, you know, like this is the path that I was supposed to take. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm happy being pregnant and being able to do what I've been working to do for all these years now. <laughs> if I can speak for your guys who are out there in France, um, as an intended parent myself, thank you. Because um, you dream about the life that you want to live and the kids that you want to have. And then someone comes and helps you and stands with you and and grows that baby. And they're the only ones that can do it. 
and I know that if they could be here, they would just like look you right in the eyes <laughs> and say thank you. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> HopeWorks is a podcast created by Hope Surrogacy. We're so glad you listened, and we hope you'll subscribe and join us for conversations about the amazing women who have become surrogates and carried beautiful babies for beautiful families. If you'd like to support these family-building stories, leave us a review and rating on iTunes. Special thanks to Amalia Nicholson from the podcast Borrowed Interest for her support in the creation of this podcast. Love you so much, Amalia. And of course, a huge thanks to Amanda for sharing her story and for being an incredible woman and an incredible surrogate. If you're interested in becoming a surrogate or if you want to know more about building your family through surrogacy, come chat with us at hopesurrogacy.com. You can find stories on the blog and send a quick message on our contact page to anyone on our team. We cannot wait to hear from you, and we can't wait to talk to you about how hope works.